Hi, my name is John Trotter, founder of the Trotter Family Foundation, and this is an investigative podcast about all things foster care and what happens to youth who age out of the foster care system. From firsthand experience, we will share stories, resources, and shed light on what it looks like to embrace that crucial transition from foster care to independent living. This is the Aging Out Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Aging Out Podcast. I'm really excited to be working on episode two and just talking more about um, what foster youth can be prepared for as they age out of the foster care system. And today I'm excited to talk about um, one of our four pillars that I discussed. And um, I'm actually driving right now, but I have hands free. So hopefully this recording is going to be good quality. We'll see. It's basically going through the car, speaker, and microphone. So um, I did no sound checks. I did no special audio. This is this is just real real talk right now. I'm going to see if this works because uh, I really wanted to get a episode recorded today. So I talked about last time how we have these four pillars of what our organization is about and really what I think um, would be good uh, things to learn and good things to implement as people come alongside us and learn to volunteer. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a really good meeting I had this morning and also um, what we're going to be getting into today. So um, first of all, I started off the morning. I got uh, some coffee and uh, drove to this little coffee shop um, in a place called the Coffee Oasis. A really good experience um, just getting up early. I was thinking, you know, it's nice to get out before the day really begins. I also realized there are fewer people about, um, and if you're on the opposite way of commuters, then there's a lot less traffic. So all together, the morning is a good time. Um, but I got to have a really exciting conversation about, um, you know, connections to adoption support and um, really how do you find people who need help? Um, that's the question, I think, that so many of us uh, need to ask. And really, so many of us that work in this field and that often help people, you know, as a lawyer, I used to people coming to me for help, people calling me, people reaching out or referring someone to me with their need of uh, legal services. I don't really call people and, and do sort of these cold calls and say, hey, do you need any legal help? Um, it just would be odd and potentially unethical, you know, if the goal is simply to get um, more clients to make money. Um, but I wonder, you know, how, how to foster you to reach out um, for help after they leave the system, you know, what avenues are there? Um, how can you mobilize a community to be looking for people? So I think that's the big thing is you have to have community to be able to. So, you know, primarily this morning we were talking about um, if someone is in need of help finding an adoption uh, support service or if they are either adopting or if they are the parent who is going to relinquish those rights and have their child be adopted. How do you even go about finding that? And that is a big question. And I want to continue to do some research and, um, you know, I'd love to hear other thoughts on um, how you do that because it is a lot of times we help people who reach out for help and those who don't, we kind of assume, you know, whether it's wrong or right, but we do assume that uh, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. There's some truth to that. So how can we be better in our communities and say, we're going to be looking, we're going to have a vision to provide services, we're going to have an outlook. I believe it starts at the community level. And I guess this is our other point of today. One of the four pillars of organization is community. And alongside of those, it's community, education, opportunity, and service. Or as I like to call it, the CEOs. 
a CEO runs and operates a company and is the chief executive officer of the company. I see people as needing sort of this board of directors in their lives, these friends, these community people from multiple sources. It's not going to all come from one place. So I think that um, anyone who wants to have a part in an organization, I call them a CEO. Now, you're not going to be a Fortune 500 CEO, not even close, but I think you're going to have a, the similar uh, opportunities and responsibilities when it comes um, to engaging in someone's life and just really being a mentor and a voice of reason because that is a very similar um, position and office that you'll be taking on um, as a volunteer. And so uh, that's what I'm really excited to get into. So, so the big uh, discussion point today is uh, community. Um, thousands of foster youth leave the foster care system without ever reunifying with family or transitioning into um, a sustainable community with familial connections. And so what we want to really look at and, and, and push for is how do you find community? What is community? And what's a better way that we can approach this transition into a healthy community? Um, because when I look at it, I see community being those um, individuals, circumstances, and environments that you live in and that you work in and that you spend your time, a majority of your time. Uh, your community can start as small as just where you live and who you associate with. But it can be broader than that. It can be people that you connect with, people that are like you, uh, people that have the same understanding. So I think that the pinnacle part of transitioning out of foster care has to be transitioning not just from foster care, but transitioning into a great community. I cannot even tell you the number of times that I've relied on trustworthy people and when you kind of surrender to that, you know, that pridefulness and that ability to want to do things on your own, uh, there's some trustworthy people that I think come alongside and can really be that voice of reason, help you see um, the world and see life in a whole different light. And we all need that. We really do. And when I think of this, uh, this healthy community that you can transition into, um, it's not easy. And it's not easy to, to find, and it's not easy to maintain. Um, but that's where all of you come in. You know what? role do you play in being part of someone's community? Uh, you know, do you want to even help people in the time of need? Uh, do you know how to establish boundaries? Do you know how uh, to direct someone to a resource that would be helpful for them? Um, it's all about being informed, and I truly believe that once you have that information, once you're informed on the circumstances around you and in your community, in your life, I truly believe that that then leads to action. That makes you a more well-rounded person who can, um, you know, not have all the answers but have some of the answers. So when I think of community, you'll hear that word so many times. I'm sorry. Uh, I just know that that's been one of the most amazing parts of, you know, establishing, you know, a new life as an adult. Uh, you get to build your community. You get to build on uh, those friendships. And, you know, I know an instance where, I had a friend who um, had just spent many years, I would say, not having a good community, not having a good support system, um, and kind of really taken advantage of in some pretty terrible ways. And I remember talking with this friend, and at the time, I was borrowing a car from someone. And so, um, you know, I was at that point in life where, you know, things get pretty low, and my car broke down and had to be salvaged. 
and then I had a bike. And then, of course, probably many have experienced, my bike got stolen. And so I was like, when my bike is gone, my car is gone, I have no means of transportation. So I had a friend who said, why don't you borrow our car? And so I thought, thank you. I'll put gas in it. I'll maintain it. And I remember talking to this, um, this other friend who had never really experienced that kind of support system, was could not believe that one of my friends would let me use their car for, you know, a couple of weeks, really, and drive all around where I needed to go. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing, um, you know, to have that discussion. And I remember talking with this friend, and they, they were just perplexed. They said, what if you wreck it? What if uh, something happens to it? What if, uh, you know, you, you ruin it or you spill something? And I, it was one of those moments where I, I was reminded that, you know, in their mind, it was, it was bizarre to allow that. And I was trying to think, how could I, how could I explain that? Because, you know, those are some real concerns. Uh, when you are in someone's life and you trust them, it, it can go pretty badly if they take advantage of your generosity or, you know, they don't respect those boundaries or they destroy something that you lend to them or they don't pay you back or they're asking for more. Yeah, it, it is risky and it's hard, but I truly think that's what it means to be in a, a community to have a support system. I mean, you do the best you can. But I remember just trying to explain to this. Yeah, my, my friend, I guess, trusts me and is allowing me to use their car. And I'm sure maybe those thoughts ran through their head as well. Uh, you know, this is a risk. This guy could destroy our car. But it just made me think, you know, I had gotten so used to being in a support system that when they said, if you need anything, they meant, if you need anything, we will help you. And so, it's amazing when we can be those kind of people and we can have those kind of people that truly mean that. I mean, how many times have we told people, uh, if you need anything, just give me a call. And if they were to actually call, we might say, yeah, I meant not now or not really was being honest about it. Please, you know, don't call me. This is, you know, way beyond what I can deal with. Now, people's lives are messy. So that's part of what you, you take on. So um, for a youth transitioning out into this new world, the first thing I, I think to get established is is where you have your support system, where you have your community. And it's a time to be an active participant. If you feel like for years life has just happened to you, this is a time to take a step back and say, I'm not just going to feel like a burden and feel like I just need to get things from people so that I can make it. You're a participant. You're part of that relationship. You're part of that uh, community and that support system. So you also should find ways to be trustworthy. There's no better time uh, to help people than when you're going through it yourself. You are in the tough times. And when you're in that difficult uh, circumstance, you learn. And you can really be an encouragement. So all this to say, whenever people say, what's the best thing that can set someone up for success uh, when they're coming out of foster care? And I could probably sit here and think of a hundred best things, but I just want to focus on that one, that that one that says here are people and friends who care about you. Let them love you. Let them care about you. Um, give yourself permission to be cared for. You know, it can be difficult to spend years as a fighter and trying to fight for yourself and fight for others and fight for um, a life somewhat 
uncomplicated. But the reality is it's not uncomplicated. You know, if anyone tells you that they have it all figured out, they they aren't telling you the truth. And so when we look at the statistics and we see, you know, thousands of youth sort of get swept up um, in the system and they're kind of maybe not traced or maybe not um, any data on where they are today, I think being an informed community member is going to make a big difference. And so what I really am faced with is saying, how do you find that community? I mean, how do you find where you fit in? And I can tell you one of the best ways that I see that is by just being a part of something, being a part of a um, healthy, a healthy group. Because the flip side of that coin is young people find their people. They find people to associate with and to spend their time with and people who they identify with. And I would even say um, people who they emulate. From a very young age, we sometimes mimic the behavior that we see. Um, we mimic the behavior that we hear. We mimic the behavior that comes from music, that comes from television, that comes from social media. We're going to mimic some of that behavior. And I just wonder if we started to model ourselves after the type of people we wanted in our lives, how much of a change that could have. So I'm not saying you just go out and you find, you know, your CEOs, your board of directors, your, um, your people who will be around you and who you like and who you have a good time with. You have to be actively engaged. You have to also know that you do have something to offer. And so, um, you know, I am excited to, to be pushing this point forward because I think um, it's hard to, the older you get, I think it's harder to make friends. It's harder to trust people. And you don't want to let, you know, someone in who's going to, you know, take advantage of that at a vulnerable stage. Uh, there's nothing sadder than seeing someone who is being taken advantage of and they know about it and they acknowledge it and they'll tell you about it. But there's something in them that says, this is bad for me, this is hurting me, this is harmful for me, but I just, I can't turn away. And I and I think you have to know where the line is to push, push at that and say, why? I mean, our question would be, why are you putting yourself in these circumstances? We're no longer saying, what are your circumstances or what's wrong with them? We're saying, now we're just acknowledging that you're putting yourself there. And I think it can be easy to um, somewhat be harmed and be okay with saying, at least I know why I'm being harmed. At least I know why this is happening to me. And at least I know what is happening to me. But I have no control over it. And, again, I'm back to where I started. Life's going to happen to me. I have to just deal with it. I think we can tell people there's so much more. There's so much more to life. There's so much more. And so some practical ways that I believe you build that support system is just starting where you are. You're not going to be able to make these great leaps and these strides without taking some baby steps. So if you know someone or you are someone who says, I need to engage, I need to be a part of a community, I need to have people in my life so that I'm not living in my head, find it, what it is today to take that first first step, whether that is saying, I'm going to visit a church for the first time in many years. I'm going to go to a small group. I'm going to go to this community barbecue. I'm going to go to this parade. I'm going to go and be a part of it. And if you're already there and you think you are thriving in the community, 
look for someone else. I mean, there's nothing better than having an experience that you can share with someone else. You can tell them about. You can find similar feelings of joy. I think today so many lack joy. They may have happiness. They may have spurts of happiness. But to have true joy really deep down, I I think that means that you are experiencing joy. It's not just something like an emotion that's happening, but you're experiencing joy. And I wanted to take some time to talk about being in community and why that has meant so much to me. And I think as I formulate those thoughts, one thing that just comes to mind is just, you know, laughing with friends. I mean, there is nothing more fun than just laughing with your friends and having a moment of joy and just being able to connect. I mean, there are people who, I mean, it doesn't even take much. You share a look, um, you share a thought, you share a meme, whatever it is, and it doesn't take even explanation. And you are just laughing. And I think there's a feeling of laughter that fills up inside of you. And it's a outward expression. And then when you come down to that, you calm yourself down and you're kind of able to reflect and you're like, wow, that, you know, I haven't laughed like that in a long time. I hear people say that all the time. And it's, it's something that's like that deep joy within you has been brought about. So I really think the you know, laughter is a result of some of that deep joy. And when you can share, you know, just life with someone, it's pretty amazing. And I don't think anyone needs to be lonely. No one needs to be you know, for children, we hear this term, we want children to be insulated. And I, I think for adults, too. Be able to protect yourself and have those boundaries. Know when a line is being crossed or you're maybe depending on someone to the point of uh, too much, it's too much for them and for you. And you're setting yourself up to get truly hurt. But then on the flip side, you get to be able to take that and say, I'm insulated from this, um, you know, this, with this boundary, but I'm not isolated. I'm not going to just separate myself from everyone. All it takes is finding one friend to share what you're going through with. And, you know, um, so many cliches come to mind, but, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. I mean, you have to start somewhere. And so um, if you're a foster youth, former foster youth, or uh, just a listener out there who really just cares about uh, community, I really just urge you to, Know how to encourage others. Know how to establish that for yourself. Know how to say you need that support system. We don't have to go through this life alone. We can have someone who can walk beside us and um, really just do life together. Who won't judge us when we share something deep in our heart. Who will help us find that joy. Uh, Who will help us say you're supported. You're trying to work a job and um, maintain friendships. Uh, save money, go to school, feed yourself, give yourself a place to live. All those things are very hard and they're very serious. But when you share that in the community, the support system and friends, when you have those low points, those low moments, there is nothing more joyful than to say, I'm not alone in this. And it takes some humility. It takes some, some breaking down of that pridefulness of, I can do it. I've 
always had to depend on myself, and I still have to depend on myself. No, that's not the answer. That's not sustainable. That, that leads to burnout, and that leads to frustration and depression. And so I just arrived at home, and I think I've talked enough, but I just want to leave that thought. I want to leave that um, idea, you know, just around. So, again, you know, like I always say, if you have any questions or comments or input or things that you think want to contribute, I'll try to add some things to the show notes. But I also would like to hear some questions. And I want to put this question out there. Um, you know, what does your community look like? How would you encourage someone to find community and support system? And maybe if you want to share um, a story or, um, you know, of what that looked like for you. Um, I want to think back to, you know, that age, like 18 to 26, whatever age it was, you kind of went out on your own. Um, how did you find those friends? How did you find that, that support? And how did you deal with that? Because um, people need to know. People need to know that there is um, someone out there who cares enough to say, you know, you at least need to know this. There is hope. There is a way forward. So thanks for listening. Um, like always, please, you know, send your questions in. Uh, you can just send that to info at trotterfamilyfoundation.org um, or just comment on this below. And I and we'll be talking about education and that one I'm extremely excited for. So um, thank you and please um, you know, reach out to us and I hope you have a good rest of your afternoon, morning or evening.